0: The part on off the ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there, competed against them. But you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted. Hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The koigig part on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player
1: and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.
0: Tall
2: pocket goal. It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup finals. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen me and as ever, I am joined by former Ireland internationals Emma Byrne and P. captain Karen Duggan. Gals, how are we? How was the weekend, Karen? You had one off. Well, yeah. I don't know. You were probably training and stuff. But you—you were no. To play
1: I did nothing. It was glorious. There was
2: no football. That's why I'm smiling. football compared on the TV compared to last week. I'm much happier. <laughs> <laughs> You do seem a bit more bright-eyed and uh, bushy-tailed than the last time. Please. Less depressed would be what you should go for, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Stay- I'm just trying not to hammer at home after last week, to be honest. <laughs> at least one person's nice to meet, Emma.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to just tell you to retire. Like, that's my advice. <laughs> that's usually my go-to, to be fair. I do love a good retirement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're feeling great after no more... <laughs> while the weekend it's a really good sign that you should
1: yeah (laughs) now we're back on track now this week back training tonight Uh, we have a busy schedule before the um, well it's not a break it's into that weird cup thing the All-Ireland Cup Um, Mm -hmm. that'll be interesting but we have a hard run in we have Treaty Galway who are joint top with us Um, Galway or sorry Treaty Galway (laughs) shh Athlone, shells and rovers before the break. So I better get my happy to be playing football hat back on today.
2: <laughs> that is busy. And I do love the sell for the, um, whatchamacallit, the All-Ireland Cup thingy, as you called it. I mean, that's going to build all our listeners' excitement to watch it. So- <laughs> no, I'm sure it will be
1: interesting. We don't have a draw or anthem for it yet, but we have a lot of like important games to get through before then. So that's the focus for now. Also, usually that's our mid-season break, so I'll be looking forward to the June break. But I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be interesting.
2: It'll be something different, which will make it different. seem more entertaining than just playing regular league matches or possibly having a break. No, nothing is more exciting than the break. But anyway, <laughs> Emma, how did you spend your weekend?
0: Um, my weekend, traveling as usual. I uh, I flew back from Dublin on Saturday. Um, and then just at sushi, that was the highlight of my weekend. Yeah. You were put to work while you were in Ireland. I saw. I was. Yeah. I mean, not work. You know, I love going visiting the young teams and trying to motivate them. <laughs> yeah. I was in, um, I went up to the Kildare minor training because my niece is a goalkeeper. In, yeah, for Kildare, she's uh, playing and she they have a really big game coming up on the 17th. I might as well plug it uh, against Longford. I hope I have that right. And um, yeah, just went down for a little motivational talk. <laughs> and we did a little session, which I wasn't really prepared for because I was wearing jeans. So I looked absolutely ridiculous. Um yeah, and then I went out to watch the the training in Abbotstown for the Irish team, which I've never seen or never been to. So that was that was interesting to see this young talent emerging. That was good. Apart from everything else I did when I was in Ireland, which was uh,
3: <laughs> <yeah.
0: laughs> not as wholesome. We, 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 no, no, exactly. <laughs> we won't mention any of that. <laughs>
2: Were you whispering words of encouragement to the ones in Abbottstown or were you strictly there as an observer? No,
0: no, no. I just went went to watch. That's all. Went to watch Anya, like literally the only player I really knew. They're so young. It's crazy. I know I'm an L one, but Christ. Um, yeah, Anya was the only one I've ever actually... Well, I played with Eve Bandana, a goalkeeper, but r- realistically, one of the only players out there that I've set foot on a football pitch with which was a little bit sad, <laughs> but that's how it is. Yeah, they had a little internal game, so that was good to watch.
2: You're getting all the state secrets ahead of the World Cup.
0: Well, that's it. Yeah, will be able to talk about these players that come on or the bench players. A few good, really good players. Actually, there's a couple that I'd never seen involved that I thought were really good, um, really promising players.
1: Future
2: oh, yeah. right.
0: What's that? <laughs>
2: I just said there well I said there you have it folks I'm going I feel like Karen said something actually intelligent no, <laughs> no, Emma Byrne tips a few Irish football do. to be bright <laughs> yeah.
1: no I will there's a there's a load of young ones coming through Um, like I said it before like the level that they're at is much higher than what we were at when we were that age because they're starting much younger um just everything is is more set up for them now. So, if we can keep things like the home base training going well, and I know Emma is big advocate of the linking up with the schools and getting more game time in there, kind of the academy set up. Um, I think that there is a lot of talent coming through, and it'll probably grow again once the World Cup starts. So,
2: just about keeping the foot down now. And that this Karen's call to arms to make sure that we don't let this go past us and that the FAI keep their promises to actually make sure that everyone in the country benefits from the World Cup and not just those who are on the squad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had spent a very interesting Friday at the 50th anniversary celebrations for the 1973 team, the first ever women's national team. And it was just so like... I don't know, I'd never been to something like that where it was just celebrating a team in all its entirety. And, like, to the FAI's credit, they put on a fair spread. Unfortunately, I was kicked out before the meal actually began. But I did sneak into the dining room to have, like, a little look around at all the, like, pretty crystal and different things that they had. Um put out for the players but it was just so lovely because so this Saturday uh, for anyone who doesn't know who might be listening is the anniversary of the first ever game that the women's national team played against Wales in 1973 so 50 years ago and they were having this as a special commemorative event for that team to mark the 50 years and also the fact that none of them were ever given official caps they were told if they wanted a cap they could buy one for themselves and it would cost £40 which at the time was quite a lot of money and shouldn't have been an issue anyways um, But it was just so lovely Because like women were coming in And seeing each other in the lobby for the first time And maybe would be like 30 or 40 years And they'd be like Is that, that Karen Duggan? Is that you Karen Duggan? And they'd be like Oh my god it's Emma Byrne And they were just like jumping and hugging each other And it was just a really lovely celebration And I interviewed a couple of them uh, Like Norm Q Who was the first ever captain of the Irish squad and you could just tell they were all kind of like delighted they were being celebrated, but at the same time, a bit like, we don't really understand what all the big fuss is for us.
1: I <laughs> to tell you how wild my weekend was. I actually saw them on the Late Late Show and they look great crack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they were so fun. Like I fully was like, please, can I have all your numbers? I want to go for a pint with you and just talk about football and your lives. Like so interesting. Like even Nora, when I said to her, I was like, oh, you know, was it a career highlight Captaining the first ever women's team She was like yeah no it's definitely up there I also won two All-Irelands with Galway though And I'm like an Irish cross-country uh, Medalist as well So you know they would be up there too And I was like the lives you women have lived And if you google that her name Like nothing comes up about her Apart from after Like the last on Friday the event That was the first like mm. only articles that started going up about her. So some really incredible women. Um I interviewed a lot of them which are on off the ball the football feed wherever you normally get your podcasts. And I would really recommend anyone who is interested in women's football going and listening to them, not to hear me blabber on to these women, but just they had great stories. They great advice for any like young footballers, anyone looking to play football and it's nice to commemorate these things because, as we know, in the past, we haven't always had the opportunity to mark these occasions. And that's Absolutely. my
0: last I think it's fantastic it needs to be done. I certainly need to learn more about these these women and i I just feel like it's such a shame that. We, well, I didn't have any uh, role models growing up when there were actually, there were role models out there that we just didn't know about. I was commentating on a game and I had to look into the history and there was a player, Anne O'Brien, you probably have heard of her. Anyway, she went to Italy to play one of the first ever female footballers to play professional and she was incredible, played with all the, the top, top players, be a Sundage, all. And, you know, there's a player in Italy as well that spoke so highly of her. Unfortunately, she passed away. Um, But again, like just an incredible footballer, an incredible athlete that I felt really sad that I didn't know much about. So, yeah, it's a great thing. Celebrate them.
2: Definitely. And we will try and do something more on the anniversary um, next week. Podcast Club City not a full WSL weekend. We have FA Cup, which we will definitely do a bit of a roundup on. But it'd be definitely good to tell some of these stories. Or if anyone listening here as well, because I know I once put out a call on my Twitter for great stories that people had of like their family members or you know, sisters, friends, whoever it is that played football back in the day when maybe there wasn't the same sort of supports there are now please do get in touch with us we always love hearing these sort of stories and we definitely want to commemorate them all no matter how big the contribution or how small the contribution was, uh, to Irish football, because we're all about the celebrations over here. Uh, speaking of celebrations, one to bring to the everyone's attention as well. Just if you're around Dublin on Wednesday, the World Cup trophy is going to be on display at the round room in the mansion house from three to six o'clock. So you can go along, get your picture taken and imagine Katie McCabe raising it above her head in Australia, because that's definitely going to happen. and um, yeah, it's just one of the nice events that are coming up um, to mark the World Cup trip and um, coming up next we will have our team of the week and then a little bit later on in the show we will have full analysis of the weekend's action the koi podcast on OTB sports is sponsored by cabri fc official snack partner to the republic of ireland women's national team we shall have emma carroll up with us next Now we are joined by Emma Carroll for our favourite feature of the week, which is the Team of the Week. Emma, how are you doing this week?
3: Not too bad. All the 2 o'clock kickoffs, though, are a real pain with try dual screen and watch, to be honest. I like them when they're staggered out. I never to know how you do Team
2: of the Weeks with like the games that start at the same time, because I'm like... The few times I've done it, no matter how hard I try to watch multiple games at the same time, it's one thing like picking out talking points, I feel, and that's an entirely other thing actually having to pick out players on positions. So, as ever, you have my sympathies. But would you like to run through <laughs> your team and then we can get into how well we think you did or did not do uh, with all those <laughs> kickoffs at the same time? I've went for
3: Leipzig in goal again for Leicester. Um, Heinz, Bonner, and Bagier at the back, Canton, Borisa. Galton, Manham, Wrighton, kind of in a two-three-ish formation, five midfield, whatever you want to formation you want to put it in. Daly and Harder is back up front.
1: Yeah, it's rare we get someone coming on as a sub and making team of the week, but I think she came on and also got player of the match in that game. So um, first
2: touch she scored with, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: very impressive. She um goals and assist just probably when strength and depth is going to be questioned on all the top teams, Chelsea have a powerhouse to come back and that will probably be the difference, I think in the end. So deserving of her place, she probably could have even got more if, if uh, they'd squared a few more balls to her, but yeah, it's good to see her back after her injury.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, no qual- qualms here about this team. I think you've done very well, Emma. <laughs> you need my <laughs> approval. I approve. i <laughs> um, we'll take it. There were lots and lots of good performers, I yeah. think. And absolutely, Letzig's quality. She's absolutely brilliant. Love her. I thought Mariette Earps as well did really well. You know, yeah, those
1: that little saves. That double save she made was brilliant. And like you could see what a clean sheet kind of meant to them as well.
3: Yeah. 13 clean yeah. sheets as well, which I think might be a record. So yeah, she's Yeah, she's class. But yeah.
0: um Baget oh, always she can get in there every week. They they still don't play her enough, however. Um I think Bonner, Roberts, Matthews, Liverpool, any of those could get in. I thought those were absolutely quality to keep Bunny Shaw quiet. Like they completely marked her out of the game. I thought they were excellent. Very rare we say that, isn't it? <laughs> very rare, very rare. Even when she was dropping into midfield and she had to, to get on the ball, um, either Bonner or Matthews or Roberts were going in with her and putting pressure on her. Bo Risa did well. I thought she did well uh, for United.
1: Yeah, considering her limited game time, she. Yeah, I thought. I thought, thought she. About, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the rest, great Galton, absolutely brilliant girl. She's the queen of the the outside of the foot. Oh, quality she? finish. Oh, what a yeah. finish! Well, she's quality. Hansen has just been going from strength to strength. What a great signing for Villa. She's been like probably absolutely. for me one of their best uh, signings. Monum. Class goal, and it's great to see her back. Daily's quality. Daily is just going on to another
1: level. So, yeah, 20 goals like first thing she's the first thing, yeah,
3: to reach first player to reach that. Yeah, so she's got to play up pound for England, hasn't she? She probably still needs to score another couple because Shaw could still catch her for the golden boot in the next couple of games. She's left as a on but we yeah. spoke about this, didn't we, about the difference
0: of the quality of of balls into both of these players, like Shaw gets balls in from hemp and and Chloe Kelly like they're cross- they're they're the most crosses in the whole league, so that's telling you something basically, she's got the players around her for her to have great you know, service. But Daily just gets onto things that she shouldn't be getting onto. She creates things that she shouldn't be creating. So I think, think
1: she, she goes looking to get involved in the game. I think she had a couple of assists in, in the game this week as well. Like she's, she's yeah. such a handful. Um, yeah. Her movement Three is...
3: Three goals, two assists when you yeah, went five. She's kind of one of those players <laughs> where
1: if you're putting them in front of a young player, you'd say, watch her for her movement and how she involves herself in the game. Um, she's class. And then Manam just... Popping up with the goods again when Arsenal needed her most. Like, obviously, Arsenal deserved to win it based on their possession, and but they were struggling to get past Leipzig, and it took that quality of Manum to to do something like that. And she's been outstanding for Arsenal all season. Really.
2: I was watching the game, and I literally said, like, just maybe ten minutes before Manum scored, I was like, I feel like Arsenal are going to get a goal in this. It's going to need to be a screamer from someone because Leipzig was just having such a good game. It felt like he was she was so comfortable in there. And then when Manum lined up for that shot, I was like, I knew it had to be something that was vaguely spectacular to actually get past her. She was having such a good game. And the fact that like something that I don't know sometimes hasn't always worked for Arsenal has been that sort of like tactical shift of players in the middle of a game. You know, like Manham starting out in midfield and then moving up a bit. Hasn't always sometimes she's kind of played her way out of a game rather than into it. But I think it was impressive from her to see her actually use the versatility that we know she can have um, and hopefully it becomes a, a bit more consistent in her style
0: yeah having said that I did think that Leicester pressed extremely well like they did, they, they did really well defensively and they kept their shape as well so it was difficult for us and also coming back off that hangover from Champions League must have been really tough for them I know they have a lot to play for but that was Heartbreaking game. Like it's really difficult to to come back and play. You nearly they're nearly better off playing a United or a Chelsea, like a team that they know they have to be in the game. Whereas Leicester,
1: they would have been forgiven to think that they were going to get an easy win in that game as well. So, well, on paper we would have said that a few weeks ago, but given how much Leicester now do have to play for, I thought it was a massive three points for us not to get that today. I'd say they were so relieved because. I think Beattie even said it after the match, the physical and emotional like toll that that game took was huge. So they were, I'd say they were more than happy to come away with a 1-0 win. Mm.
2: Emma, I know we were chatting a little bit earlier, Emma Carroll, about Liverpool and yep. their general performance. For you, uh, what was... how? Were, well, you actually did say at one stage that it could just be a full starting 11 of uh, Liverpool players, which I wouldn't have begrudged <laughs> you because I know you've been waiting a while to do that, but... um <laughs> What was it about the players that you picked for the team that kind of stood out for you and like I suppose the performance in general? Um I think particularly in towards
3: the end of the game when City were just piling on the pressure, and um, boner 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 even <laughs> um, <laughs> headed away everything that came into the box. And then yeah, Heinz particularly had a great tackle in the box as well. Um which had she got it wrong, would have been a penalty, but timed it excellent. Um I think fake Kirby as well in goal for a young goalkeeper that just made her debut against Chelsea last week and then into a City game as well. She could have been in there as well. She made some good saves. Yeah, especially because after in the first couple of minutes she nearly handed them a goal. She they she nearly yeah. got lost but I thought she
1: was confident for the rest of the game. So that's a big credit to her character and
3: someone maybe that will be watching in the future. Yeah. And Missy Bo Cairns as well gets the goal and yeah, she's looking brighter as well. Eh? one to watch as well, the youngster coming through as well. Um, good to see Leanne Kearns as well and Nifahi on the bench. So hopefully they'll make their comeback soon enough. Like these, like I know Beard said Kearnan will be probably fighting for her chance to play in the World Cup and he hopes to give her minutes before the end of the season. So that would be good to see as well. Yeah, I hope
1: she makes it. I think she's, we need attacking options and if we're going to play Heather Payne on the wing back, she gives us the pace option, um, so I'd love if she was able to stake a claim for that squad
2: we will have to see what Vera Powell thinks, because she's not never really been a fan of Leanne Kiernan yeah. um, For, I know we talked a little bit about her there but Penilla Harder coming like back after the injury, coming on getting all the scores and the assists that she did, does that kind of put, not maybe put to rest, but does it lessen some of the criticism that we've heard of her this season that maybe she is not as good as a player as she used to be? Was this just like uh, off-season where she had the injuries and probably never really got the opportunity to properly get going? Or is there some merit to the the criticism that she's faced this season?
0: None. Who says that? Who said that? I want to know who said that. Of course not. She's had a a really difficult season. She's she's a runner. She's been exactly what Chelsea'd been missing. I've been talking about Chelsea not playing great football, scraping through games, just, you know, knowing how to win games. But the reason is because Pernille Harder has been injured. She's the link-up play. You could see that. Like Chelsea have gone from not sure if they're going to win, they should win, but let's see if Sam Kerr can score to a team that, I feel sorry for United because he heard, win, yeah. you know they're Chelsea are finding their feet now. And if they can keep those players fit and ready for the cup final, then United for me won't really have a chance. And that I would never have said that in the last few months. I would have said United can challenge for that easily. But judging by what Chelsea were like the and other day. The they were able to rotate and rest the players for next week. Yeah. I mean the players that started for Chelsea that I wouldn't have considered like one of the, you know, their best players were absolutely class. I mean, uh, Chankovich is a really good player. She is, yeah. she, yeah. we said that at the start of the season, but she just looked so comfortable there. And then even um, Canrid, like yeah. for me, I would have said, yeah, she's good. She's okay. But she looked really, really strong. Um, and that's not even talking about the players that came on, like Aaron Cuthbert and that. So, If I were United looking at that game, I wouldn't be, (laughs) I wouldn't be uh, best pleased. Um, But, you know, it's all about harder for me. Just her movement, her movement in the box is just, she's just so clever. And the press as well from Chelsea starts from her. She's so good at that. So you're talking about in defense and in attack. What a big player she is. I don't know what
3: Chelsea will do when she leaves next season, though. Hope Frank Kirby is fit.
2: <laughs> well, Emma, thank you very much for your latest team of the week. Uh, I think we can all agree it was a very good one. Thank you very much Now, as we have been hyping up the league, got even more interesting this weekend with important results at both the top and the bottom of the table. And, I mean, it's hard to know where to start, but I feel like we kind of have to go at Liverpool to Manchester City 1. Not a result anyone saw coming, although uh, someone did point out to me today that Liverpool do love a big surprise result around the time of big royal events like the Queen's death and the coronation. So (laughs) maybe they were a little bit inspired. Who knows? Um, But Karen, you're smiling away there at this result. How did you... Approach it. How did you find it?
1: Yeah, well, I'm smiling from a Manchester United viewpoint and a Champions League nearly, nearly in the bag viewpoint. Um, it realistically, it all but ends City's title charge. Um, just based on the fact that you don't see Chelsea slipping up in any way. If you United can now afford to lose two games and still get Champions League uh because of their goal difference, which is obviously huge for them. Um but Man City will be really disappointed. They didn't look like the team that had won what, like fourteen on the trot. Um they're a bit lackluster, but I won't take away from Liverpool either. Um they they just got it right in terms of when they needed to press high and then at the end when they needed bodies back they were very very resilient um, and that's that's big coming off the back of what happened the Leicester game obviously was a 4-0 pumping. Matt Beard won't have been happy with that and then to have gone so close with Chelsea during the week you, you'd forgive them for, for maybe not being 100% in this game um, but they were and it was, City allowed them to be um Laura Coombs obviously gifted them the one 0 win and that kind of got Liverpool's backs up, probably got their belief into the game. Um so great win for Liverpool, uh really just a, a killer one for for City based on how good they were looking um and how it looked like they were going to be the team to challenge.
2: Emma, you've very much been on the Manchester City hype train this season. For you, was this a thing of like the team taking their eye off the ball? Was it tactical from Gareth Taylor? What What was the thing that went wrong? Um,
0: well, um, I still think they're a great footballing team. Personally, I think this might be down. Well, it's down. It's a few things, really. I, I think. Alex Green would look like she was carrying an injury. I think she she wasn't the same player uh, the other day as she was during the season. So I think that was a problem. In this type of game, in this time of the season, you cannot give goals. And I think it was a massive, massive error from Laura Coombs. And with a team like Liverpool, who are so dogged and who are now hitting form really difficult to come back from that but when they did come back from it in that looping header from hemp Mm -hmm. um, City didn't kick on and I just feel like that's the time for City when to make a substitution and I think all of the problems that City have had are the times of substitutions and um, Gareth Taylor generally doesn't really make subs and I think that's a problem because I think he should have changed it way earlier Also, I'm not sure about team selection. I think they've got great players, but when you've got a natural left back on the bench in Leilu Habi, I think you should use her coming from Barca. Um, I know he likes to bring his full backs into midfield, but sometimes you need to mix that up as well. Like sometimes get the width on the pitch. And also, you know, if a player is not in form or not, who's kind of disappearing in the game, which I thought Laura Coombs did, even though she nearly scored in the first few minutes. Um, I think it's time to change her. Dana Castellanos came on. She, she changed the game a little bit. They needed that flair. They needed someone to come in and, and control that number 10 position and start creating, but they needed it earlier. They just didn't have enough time. They would have went on to win it if they'd another 10 minutes, which they, well, it was a nine minute extra, um, an extra time. But I feel like City would have went on to win it, which for me means why weren't decisions made a little bit earlier?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the width and having Wuhabi on the wing because it Liverpool really did bank up towards the end of the game and they were never going to be able to really play through them. So it was about getting really good quality deliveries into the box, getting hemp to maybe pull players out of position, move in and then try and get Shaw in on crosses. Um, and they were just a bit slow getting the ball into the box and it allowed Liverpool to get their centre-backs in, in great positions and they defended it really, really well. Um But yeah, they just look like they couldn't summon the energy. So that's when you do need to make substitutions. And yeah, like Emma said, um, very different to what happened in the Chelsea match where it was sub 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 let's get going let's let's see well, Emma
0: Hayes do. is definitely I think that's the yeah. one
1: thing we can say she's definitely not afraid to change things yeah, like whether it's 10 minutes in her post-match that she was really disappointed with the first 20 minutes and you wouldn't be surprised if Emma Hayes made a sub after 20 minutes whereas that would be unheard of like even 20 minutes to go for
0: Gareth you'd, you'd nearly be ready to come off if you knew you were having a stinker <laughs> in the first 10 minutes like as soon as the action on the sideline you'd be like oh crap that's me I'm coming <laughs> Off. Um whereas with City they know they're not going to get changed. I mean, I I feel like Gareth Taylor, who I think has done a really good job considering what's happened this season, by the way, just let me say that. Because I, I know under, he was under pressure.
3: Yeah. yeah. But
0: also I have to criticize him for decision making in the games that City should be winning games. Um and in this one particularly, I just it did need a change because nobody was really grabbing the ball by the horns. Nobody was really creating that. Like for me, I would have been going absolutely crazy on that pitch, knowing that this is losing the league and also definitely losing the Champions League. Well, it could have been opposite, definitely losing the league and probably losing a Champions League spot. I mean, that's massive. It's a huge, huge game against a team that you should be beating and can beat. But the problem is they're, they're match winners, which is Bunny Shaw, Chloe Kelly and uh, Lauren Hemp that they just weren't in it because Buddy Shaw wasn't getting the service. Lauren Hemp wasn't getting the ball in because she didn't have wits. So it was easy to read her. Whereas if she has someone overlapping or, or underlapping, at least she's going to be free and have the, the you know, the opportunity to change it up a little bit. So I just felt like it should have been changed
2: a little bit quicker. And I did think when Dana Castellanos came on, she made a difference. Mm. Well, Liverpool could still have a say in the title race, even though they're not really playing friends themselves anymore because they play United on the final day. So it could be in a, an interesting couple of weeks. They're not going to take left, the foot yeah. off
1: against United. They, <laughs> they'll want to make a mark on that just because of the history of the rivalry there. But um, yeah, fair play to Liverpool. They, they'll be looking to finish strong because again, now it's about nearly attracting players and seeing mm-hmm. how they can build their squad for next season as well.
2: Definitely. And speaking of United and not taking the foot off the pedal, they had a lovely 3-0 win over Tottenham. Um, But for me, this much was a lot more about how bad Tottenham were than necessarily how good United were. Um, Karen, Um, How often
1: have we said that this season about Spurs games? I mean... (laughs) Uh they had they had a couple of chances early on to to make a mark on the game, but they were they're so loose at times. They give players so much space. Um I think for the third goal that that's kind of like an epitome of that. Russo comes out, she's allowed to stop turn. Galton doesn't even make a sprint and she chips it over the top to her. Galton has time to get the cross in. Two defenders go for the same ball and it falls to Nikita Paris, who's four foot nothing. Um and yeah, it just kind of typified what's wrong with Spurs um, and we're praising the likes of Liverpool and, and even Brighton got their press in a bit better this week and Spurs just haven't um, it's interesting they think- as well they're like the Neville on the bench like in a game where you want to get in United's faces yeah. and I don't understand why she's been benched so much like in the they, need a, they need a
0: manager Yeah, that, they need a new manager a new manager to go in there because Spurs are one of these teams that really disappointing, you know, because they started quite well, but it could be just a turn of a manager, just something happening. And they could be up there taking points off the top teams because they have the players, they have the potential, they need to get a new manager in there, someone that's going to, you know, organize them and they need to eliminate the mistakes. They make so many mistakes. And at this level, I, I don't really understand it. They don't even want to get on the ball. The midfielders don't want to get on the ball. Like, yeah, well, the first the two goals. First I wanted to get on the ball. I was a goalkeeper. I was like, give me the ball. He used to play back to me when there'd be like a pass onto the number nine. <laughs> I don't understand it. Get on
1: the ball. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, Time to go back to the drawing board. I think for for Spurs, just make sure that they're safe and well, go again yeah. next year because there wasn't too much to to share at home about. I suppose we mentioned Erps made a couple of good saves, but you kind of felt if United needed to score another one, that they they possibly could have as well.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, they'd want to get on it fairly quickly because like three points ahead of. Um, Reading at the bottom of the table at the moment and like I know Reading do probably look like the most likely team to go down but we also said that about Leicester and after a run of a couple of good games that has changed again so I feel like with the way the relegation battle is this season you can't really take anything for granted at all um, do you think the 3-0 relatively easy win will set United up okay for the FA Cup or would you have preferred a bit more of a a challenge ahead of facing Chelsea. Card,
1: I I don't think it matters to be honest either way. Um, they had a really big challenge against Villa last week. Um, you could say that maybe they didn't have to overexert themselves against Spurs, uh, and they'll have rested bodies for that game. But I think that'll be more about how Chelsea turn up and whether Chelsea are as tired as they were against Liverpool, which I don't think they will be now. Um. I was very very hopeful you know a couple of weeks ago but again just looking at how good Chelsea are it's it's a massive massive ask for United and there there are still a few bits in United they got they overcommitted a little bit at times and Letizier had to make a great tackle in the first couple of minutes to keep a clean sheet and there was a couple of times where they were scrambling back a bit and if they do that against the likes of Kerr or Harder it'll be in the back of the net so um, I think United will have to be a little bit more conservative than they were in the last couple of games um, if they're to to mount a challenge against Chelsea mm. but I I also would commend them because I had a feeling that they wouldn't hold their nerve in the Champions League race and they have done Um, the last two games again every point is big but I think that they've showed bottle that maybe they didn't show last season which is great and a testament to how the squad is developing Um, and I think they could continue to be runners in the WSL along with your Arsenal's and Chelsea
0: Do you think it would be a successful season for United to just qualify for the Champions League?
1: I think realistically yes But now? Yes, being
0: top of the table, being in the FA Cup final.
1: If they, if they, I think United could win the rest of their games, but Chelsea also will. <laughs> um, and there haven't been too many silly dropped points, I would
2: say, by United. Yeah, that's that's a big difference. So that them. is a big difference. Yeah. Um, feels shockingly similar to the conversation I've had with so many people about Arsenal in the Premier League <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's about how good Chelsea are like it is in
1: the men's side it's about how good City are um, obviously Arsenal has been a bit more their implosion is a bit more visible like the United um, if they do go second it, it will just be about Chelsea realistically yeah um, mm. But I think they can. I mean, it's still an improvement on last year. Yeah. Champions League football, again, it'll allow them to maybe attract more players I, because they are going to lose big players as well, which is that that's the problem. United need to need, need Champions League.
2: Mm. And speaking of Chelsea, they obviously beat Everton 7-0. Disappointing score for Everton because we have talked a bit about how that younger squad has been doing quite well. Um, some worry in the Australia camp, some glimmers of hope in the Irish camp when Sam Kerr went off after 32 minutes but Emma Hayes said she had just been sick the night before and that she had cramps so not that you wish a serious injury on anyone at all Um, In terms of goals, Kerr writing harder, Ingle Fleming, Cuthbert harder, got her first goal with her first touch, scored a second assisted and by the I mean I feel like this kind of sums up how Chelsea played and I love that Emma Hayes said so she was disappointed afterwards but uh, five shots on target by the end of the first half and five goals which yeah, shows that maybe I a just- clinicalness we haven't necessarily seen from Chelsea at like all stages this year
1: Yeah, uh, I think they only had 11 shots on target and seven, that's a pretty good return Um Oh, it was just complete dominance, really, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. He could They punished them. They yeah, absolutely punished like, them. Everton left a lot of space, particularly on the left wing. I thought Finnegan had a, a rough time over there early doors. And when the floodgates opened, they opened wide.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I actually thought Everton played all right. I mean, it's strange to say, uh, after conceding seven goals, I actually think they played quite well. Like I thought... Um, by a left back played well. Uh, I thought Sorensen, she's a good player, by the way. If, if she's not on a long contract, somebody needs to, to sign her. I would sign her. Um, but just it's nothing about Everton. It's nothing about Courtney Brosnan's conceding seven goals. It's about Chelsea and how they punished them. They were excellent goals, excellent moves. It was.
1: I haven't seen Chelsea playing that well all season. That was the best I've seen them playing. It wasn't like they had 80% possession. Like you said, everything did okay. They had like nearly 45% possession or something like that. But Chelsea were... No,
0: I I was looking for the mistakes again from the seven goals because usually, I mean, you can talk about mistakes from every other game that led to a goal, something. But actually they didn't do a whole lot wrong. You know, I think... I think Courtney Brosnan might be a little bit disappointed with the the Sophie Ingall, Jesse Fleming, and Aaron Cuthbert, but I am being harsh. Like, n- none of them were her fault. But if you get the hand to it, you should be saving it. You just like really, you know, very fine line between, you know, having to say nothing about her, but um, they weren't her fault. You'd ask your defenders, are they closing down? But in general, I would just talk about Chelsea and how good they were, their movement and how quick they were to transition.
1: Absolutely lethal. Should have had a Stonewall penalty as well. Could have been. Penalty
0: on Lauren James. It was actually very similar to the Champions League one she Mm -hmm. got uh, in the final minutes against Leon. But yeah, should have had a penalty as well.
2: Down the bottom of the table, Aston Villa five, Reading nil. Is that the nail in Reading's coffin? I mean, it's yeah. not. <laughs> I don't
1: know. It's not. Yeah.
2: yeah. They just looked like a team who would like seriously give it. I don't even know if it was given up as the right thing or just like their bodies were just starting to give up a little bit on them. You know, they were just hammered by the season. Midfield. There, it's basically non-existent, and
0: it's just impossible. So it's got got a knock-on effect, and um some of the mistakes and the passing players, not even the, the simplest of things, like a good angle to get a pass, um switching on. Like it's, I I feel a bit silly having to talk about stuff like that when you're talking about a top-flight league, but there was a lot of that kind of stuff happening. And at the end of the day, it's just players not being good enough and given too big of a job um in there,
1: which um I do feel sorry, I do feel bad for them, yeah, but they're the gonna only, go there. They're the only team I watch and I'm like pitch is too big for them or something like that, because there's so much space, even in behind their defence. You know, if you're a team that's not gonna dominate possession, you might bank up and make it hard, but they get caught in behind as well as space in front of the back. There's no yeah. shape to it and that's uh, that's not but for again
0: them. I feel like it's kind of basic coaching as well because they they were pushing their full backs up, which is great. They needed to do it, but you have to make sure you're organized then at the back. And they weren't. They were still playing a narrow to centre backs, and the fullbacks were going high, and they were allowing the forwards to, to peel off from the centre backs where you, they should be marking channel side, just little things that um again, maybe I don't want anyone to get the sack or anything, but maybe another manager would come in and fix those little things, like what happened at Everton earlier on, what happened at Leicester. Leicester, yeah. Those kind
2: of things might change. Well, speaking yeah. of managers and possible sackings, uh, Koncheski at West Ham, surely in trouble now. They haven't had a win in nine games. Their last win was against Spurs in December when they had that 2 0 yeah. win.
1: When you say it like that, when it's like no win in 2023, it's
2: Yeah. (laughs) First clean sheet of the season as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, he, I mean, he's a West Ham legend. So I, don't imagine he'll be getting the sack, but maybe he'll get reinforcements in for next season because they have been one of the most disappointing teams for me. Because, again, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is going to be really interesting to see, you know, the Aston Villas, the West Ham's and um, how they get on. And they were doing quite well. And they they have the players like they've got some good players um. It was good to see Izzy Atkinson start, but again, another player that needs a lot of coaching, you know, I don't know if they're getting that there, but um again, like simple things like first touches, receiving priorities and stuff like that, like these are basic things and um, that should be fixed.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's kind of funny because the bottom of the table has been just generally so chaotic that normally you'd look at a team who hasn't gone to win in nine games and you'd be like, oh, you're in trouble. But every other team has just been a slight bit worse. Uh, Word as well to Melissa Phillips, who's come into Brighton and seems to be the first person to kind of start to get a bit of play out of those players. So hopefully with having the summer to kind of work with them a bit more, bring in some players that she wants to see. She could do something good. I mean, she did great things at London City this season. They were kind of up there for possible promotion for a good part of this season. And the only game we haven't really touched on in this part is Arsenal won Leicester Nil, but we did talk about that a bit during the team of the week. And yeah, I think relief was the general feeling. Much like you were saying, Emma, I kind of had that idea that the team probably but the way Leicester have been on the up and the fact that Arsenal had had such a tough time in the Champions League it did kind of just feel like one of those games you needed to scrape through and almost getting that one nil win was as important as if they'd gone out and scored three goals or something. It was just proof that the team can keep rolling on um, especially with the news of another ACL injury in the squad which is just not what we want to see at all. And we will be back next Tuesday with another podcast for all you lovely listeners. We will be looking at the AFA Cup final and we will also be commemorating the 50th anniversary of the women's national team as well because we do love us some Irish football. And since all the WSL games are midweek, uh, we thought it would be a good opportunity to tell some stories and shine some light on some of the great people that have got the squad this far. And then Karen, thank you very much for joining me this week. Thank you. And yeah, we will see you all again next Tuesday.
0: The KoiGig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.